Stories of the human spirit. Candid conversations about action, passion, and love. The Law of Action is about living in balance, moving forward with momentum in inspired action. Overcome challenges, create success, amplify your life, and achieve things you never thought possible. It's all waiting for you. If you're ready to break through your fears and live your life in massive action, this is the show for you. He's a best-selling author, speaker, advisor, your host, Mr. Action himself, Rob Actis. Welcome to the show. So excited to have you here today. If you read my book, The Law of Action, or the audiobook, which is far superior because you get to hear me talk, um, I have wanted to be in radio since I was four years old. Now, I didn't know that I wanted to be in radio since I was four years old, but I wanted to do something like talk on TV. And I was able to be in radio. And it was my lifelong dream. I love it. I love radio. Anytime I can talk to anybody in radio, I do. And we have so much in common because we all have crazy dreams. We have to talk about our crazy dreams of the. Okay, I'm just going to oh, get to yes. our guest. You know what I'm talking about. See, you know what I'm talking yes, about. I do. All right. I do. Yes. Yes. All right. So here's the deal. Today's guest, she's so freaking cool. She's so cool. Her name is times by three. Like, that's cool. She has been doing VO and imaging work from Tucson to Miami. Then she went back to LA and she went on to become the national voice of iHeartMedia. You know what? Okay, hold on a second. There's She's been with Ryan Secret. All right, all right. There's like five pages <laughs> of promo for, I'm not reading, I'm just gonna bring her on. This is way too much stuff to read. All right, welcome to the Living the Law of Action show. I'm excited to say this. Kelly, 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 or K3, or I guess since we're friends now, yeah, I get to see, yeah, I'm friends with Kelly, Kelly, Kelly. It's Kelly Doherty. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me on here. And that was, uh, you know, I'll I'll have you read through all of my accolades later. Yeah, that's too many. Like, I don't know what's with your (laughs) PR people, but five pages is like, I mean, I know you're awesome and stuff, but that's a lot. Like, that's a lot. This is not, this is not, I'm not Joe Rogan. This is not a three and a half hour show. So, you know, come on now. So, well, that'll be the next version. Thank you. It's so great to be here. Thank you for asking me to do this. Absolutely. Okay. So you're, so people are listening and this is the living the law of action show. And with radio comes fear. It is a very brutal industry. So today we're going to talk to Kelly about the brutal radio industry, the voiceover industry, imaging industry, and we're also going to do a deep dive that is really very hard for her to talk about, but Kelly has said she wants to share with the world because she wants to help people live a life of inspired action and not let their past determine their future. She will be a victim no more. So I am so excited. So Kelly, first of all, again, thank you for being here. I really have followed your career for a long time and you're really inspirational. I have a daughter and I love how you started at the bottom, you worked your way up. So just give an overview, not five pages, please, but just an overview. So the people listening can understand really the levels of success that you have achieved and the glass ceilings that you have broken along the way because imaging for radio has been a very heavily male-dominated industry and you broke through the ceiling. 
yeah, thanks. Thanks again for having me on here. Um, I, I mean, and and I'm gonna say it started in high school, but it's not gonna sound like five pages worth of stuff. So, um, I, uh, in high school, I was working for the city newspaper, writer, photographer. I never even thought about getting into radio. Um, I grew up right outside of Los Angeles. Was born in Inglewood, so I kind of think that I have some sort of street cred. Um, but uh, uh, lived in a town called Ontario, California. Moved to Tucson, driving through the street, and there was a, a radio station, and it said KRQ on the outside of the building. And I'm like, great, they have a K Rock here, like K Rock Los Angeles. And this is this was back in the time where you could actually walk into a radio station and and ask for a job or or ask about openings and talk to a program director. Yeah, now they have like bulletproof glass. They have guards. They don't have any any identification whatsoever that it's a radio station. I remember this. So just to just to go back in time, I would go to see Shotgun Tom Kelly at KCBQ in El Cajon, and you could go up to the glass and wave at them in the booth. Yeah, you can't do that anymore. Yeah, you can't, no. you can't do that anymore. <laughs> so I, I, get, I get to this radio station and I think, okay, I can help them with their sales presentations. So I thought, oh, okay, I'll, I'll write about all their sales gimmicks. Long story short, I started interning and then um, um, the, you know, folded t-shirts, drove the van, did all those, went out to remotes, helped the DJs, got food runs for them. Everything you do as an intern, you're getting into radio back then. And then um, the program dir director went on vacation and I started helping out with programming. And so from Tucson, um, I went to Minneapolis, Minneapolis to Miami, Miami, excuse me, Miami to LA, to New York, to LA. And throughout that, um, I was told at the very beginning of that, that little journey that I had a voice that wouldn't print on the air that I would never be a voiceover person and I would practice and practice and practice. And then I was producing other people's voice work. And I'm like, well, I wish that they would have this inflection or something, but it was always working with male voices. I don't think I ever, you know what? I don't think I've ever produced a female voice actually. Um, even when I was doing production for, for other radio stations. And so um, it wasn't until I played a little trick when I was in Minneapolis, I was at KDWB in Minneapolis and I was up for a job in Miami and I sent my demo and I took out the voice of the station and put in my own. I took out Brian James nice. and put in my nice. own voice. So Love when it. Miami got that demo, they thought that I was the voice of KDWB. This is before you could stream online. Oh God, I'm dating myself. Anyway, um, I did that and I got the gig. So my first voiceover gig was Y100 in Miami and started nice. voicing. And um, I was heading up the seven stations in Miami and it was, you know, the volume of work was just insane. And then I got to, um, John Ivey brought me to Los Angeles at Kiss FM and I started voicing Kiss FM and became the first um, main voice for a radio station. And it was unheard of for a female voice, a female voice to be the lead voiceover on a radio station, not to mention a KISS FM. And just so you know, KISS FM is a big radio station. So the way, way radio works is it's based on market and how many listeners are in that market, chance of listeners. And Los Angeles, Chicago, New York, really big markets. And so for her to be the first female voice pretty much in the country 
as an imaging voice is really, really a big deal. And, um, you know, we tend to, as radio people, we tend to know all this stuff. And I wanted you to get them the magnitude of that because it's really huge. And it will just show how she has broken through the ceiling to get and open the door for a lot of other women to get into this field because she can't do every station. Now she does almost every station, but she can't do every station. Well, and being a female voiceover talent back then, I I didn't think I could do it. I knew I could do it, but I didn't think I could really do it because a lot of the female talent had to sound, you know, the best of the 80s, 90s and today. And yeah. kind of, I called them sounding like secretaries and and they couldn't open up into a natural read. And when I started doing it, I had a sarcastic, witty tone. Eric Chase called me the bitch in the radio. It was like a monotone um, read. And then that just took off. And a lot of other female talent that were kind of stuck in their own genres, um, not to any fault of their own. It just program directors started hearing that. Right. And um, wanted that from their own talent. So it, a lot of female uh, voiceover people got to expand their range and got to have fun and got to make fun of the talent on the air and be produced in these other things. And then when I went to Los Angeles um, and was doing Kiss FM, I um, was asked to move to New York to head up the uh, imaging and imaging, meaning the production part producing those voices, producing my voice for radio stations, I got to head that up. And you're in a male-dominated field, but my team, I had 18 people on my team, and I was the only female. And um, in order for me to move to New York, I told them that I wanted the vice president of imaging title, or I wouldn't move. And they gave it to me. So I, nice. it was uh, the highest imaging um, producer position in the world. And there was a female leading it in a male dominated business. Okay, Kelly, I'm going to interrupt you. Uh, I want people to hear Kelly, Kelly, Kelly. Okay. In all of her glory. Oh boy. Here, Here we go. go. Here you go. It's Grammy weekend. The celebrities, the parties, the street closures. Are you kidding me right now? Kiss FM. Yeah, You've entered area 92201, Indio, California. Music. You know, priorities. You want to check out Ryan on American Idol? Live? You can have his girlfriend's tickets, because those seats will be empty. That's perfect. Perfect. Oh, that was so much was fun. That, fun. that was I know. great. It's like crazy. Objects and mirror are quite different as they Oh, appear. thank you for saying that. Yeah, you have to put Yeah, your you are here. you are just this beautiful soul. Like you I, I bet you that very small percentage of the industry that haven't met you, that just know of you, have no idea what a big heart you have. Oh like, no, I, thank you for saying that. And not that you say that at the time, but I was just beside myself when I'd sit there and go to sleep at night or try to, as a creative person, you'll have lots of thoughts wandering in your head in the middle of the night. But, um, and then, so when I got that position, I started auditioning other female voiceovers and other voiceovers in the company. So one time I opened up, um, an audition for the entire company 
And um, I did it actually a few times because it was hard to believe that I was the only one in that position. Meaning there are tons of people that want to do voiceover work and they have certain obstacles in front of them or they don't. And they just want to know what next stage to, to, to get on. And, um, and I found some great voiceover talent inside the company that were just waiting for their chance. And it always feels good hearing them and knowing what they're doing now. And, um, just that pay it forward thing. So with the pay it forward deal, I started a, a website called the imaging And, um, and that's what that's all about. People can post their demos. People can talk to each other. There's a lot of free sound effects. There's free everything. The whole website is free. So it's a way to pay it forward. And that thing just took off. And, um, and, and now on clubhouse clubhouse is just a great app and, you know, everything, everything has taken off. It is amazing. So one of the things that I, when I heard you on Clubhouse, so, you know, this is another find on Clubhouse. And as you know, that I'm on Clubhouse all the time (laughs) and um, I am crossing paths with the most incredible people. As you know, um, last week I was in a room of, of voiceover talent. And I, what I loved is, you know, Kelly has a image in the industry. Now, she is known for creating Imaging House, which is a give back, which has really been very helpful for a lot of people. She's opened up the doors to do, you know, company-wide auditions, which is unheard of in this industry because this is a brutal industry and people are not very nice in this industry. It's very cutthroat. There's a tremendous amount of egos and to be able to open doors for people is huge because a lot of doors aren't opened. A lot of doors are not opened in this industry. And so what I noticed and I had never met her personally, but I was in this room and I was just listening to her talk and I just could feel how heart-centered she was. And I felt there was so much more to Kelly than just being in radio. And I wanted to, I had a chance to talk to Kelly before we started this recording and I wanted to just dive into that. Now, this is um, upsetting Um, I'm just warning you in advance. It's something that happened to Kelly in the past. She's worked through it and she's, you know, she's made it very clear that she is not a victim of her past. And I want to let you know that some people may be really upset by what we're going to talk about. Um, But I want you to know that you can get through, well, Kelly will prove this, anything in life. And Kelly's Kelly's the proof. So Kelly, why don't you share a little bit of what happened? And um, go from there. Yeah, thank you. Um, and again, this is this is um, it's hard to say the first sentence, but I've had years and years of therapy, <laughs> and everybody should see a therapist. In in my opinion, no. Um, growing up, I remember it first happening at age um, two or three, uh, maybe two, because I remember not being able to walk or having to hold on to things. And I remember what I was wearing, but I was raped for, um, not just by one person, not two people, not three, but four people over the course of about 11 years. And when that kind of trauma happens to you as a child, your emotional growth starts or stops growing until you have healing, or you can talk about it as an adult. Um, so I was kind of stuck in this, um, this, I don't know, this cycle 
for 11 years and I don't have very many, many memories as a child. And the more healing you get, the more those memories start to come back. They're, you know, these suppressed memories. I didn't, I, I, I didn't even know, I didn't even remember it. Um, I had a big drug problem. Um, my drug of choice was cocaine and I would stay up night producing and producing and producing and getting tons of work done and stay up overnight. And, um, you know, of course there was a partying aspect of it, but after the whole partying with the drug was over, then I realized that, oh my gosh, I could get so much more work done. Well, then it became a problem and then it affected my health. And I went to Betty Ford. I went to Betty Ford and, um, through talking and being sober from that drug, I started, re all these memories started coming back. Like, what was this? Oh, and then you, you think to yourself, okay, well, I remember that. I don't know if it was wrong. Oh yes, it was really wrong. And then your memories start to develop. They come back and you relive it all over again, which is awful. But at the same time, when you relive it over again, you talk about that, those memories start to fade. And I learned that, um, excuse me, I learned that all of those feelings, all of it comes down to fear. Everything um, has a root base of fear. You're scared of um, raising your hand. You're scared of becoming your own woman, becoming your own person. And um, I did some incredible things um, besides therapy to get through that. There was one, the first guy who ever hurt me, um, I was two years old. And um, long story short with that one, he had been doing it to other kids in the neighborhood. They came over, they broke into his house, led by one guy, they came over to his house and um, everybody had hurt, he had hurt in the neighborhood. They broke into his house, put his head underneath a couch and put the couch leg through his head and killed him and all jumped on the couch and killed him. These are all victims of the sexual abuse? Yes. Wow. And um, killed him. And the leader of that, another guy that actually was the one, I don't know how they could figure that out, went to um, prison and he's on death row at San Quentin. I wrote him a letter thanking him, um, ag ag acknowledging that what he did was not right and that he's in the right place for it, but basically thanking him for stopping the abuse of so many other kids that he would have abused had he not lost his life. Um, that was part of therapy for me. So the person who's on death row was the one who took the life of the abuser and he's now on death row, but he stopped the abuse of all the kids who were being abused. Yep. I was so frustrated in my own um, fear and feeling like I was kind of blocked in and not knowing why until I went to Betty Ford and was like, oh my, and they strip you down raw in those, in those rehab places. Oh, and then yeah. all these memories started coming up, but I was so frustrated that, um, my healing was not happening at a quicker pace. I was so frustrated that my healing had to be, um, what therapists and everybody else said to do now, though they were a great help. But I started taking matters into my own hands. I um, uh, wrote a letter 
to the guy on death row. Um, I started speaking out about what had happened to me. Um, I just found my power, I guess you could say. And through finding my power, I just went out. I felt like I was a machine. Okay. So then you do that, you're working, you're putting your heart and soul into radio or whatever position, but radio was a great outlet because it's a creative industry. A lot of people in creative and creative jobs have some sort of trauma or some sort of dramatic event. And it makes them a little bit more creative because their heart and soul is in it. And that happened to me, but then you run into the other thing where you're starting to do it and you're, you're doing great and you're on top of the world. And all of a sudden you fall because you forget to breathe. So I lost my job with iHeart. I was on, um, you know, 850 radio stations every time we announced a big event. And, um, I, that was another traumatic moment that I went through, but everything that I went through there, I learned because of going through the traumatic childhood that I had. And, um, man, I fell, I, they sat me down in the W hotel in Hollywood in a public space. And they said, you're no longer the voice of kiss FM in Los Angeles. You're no longer the voice of, of on air with Ryan Seacrest. You're no longer the producer, the producer of his syndicated shows. You're no longer the VP of imaging for iHeartMedia. I was so, I didn't know what was happening that I said, okay, great. Where do we go from here? Okay. I can deal with not being the voice anymore. Who am I going to work with? I can deal with not doing Ryan's stuff anymore. That frees up more time, completely oblivious. And I said, I'm, am I being fired? And they said, yes. And everything just went blurry. And I told the, the man I was seeing at the time about it and he dumped me. Um, I found out that he was using my job or using me for my job. So everything just came tumbling down. But if I didn't have that, um, that uh, therapy, that therapeutic pass with, with um, getting back up on my feet again, I wouldn't be voicing radio stations now. And it's a blessing in disguise too, because I'm up here at a ranch three hours north of Los Angeles with a beautiful view. Um, I get all my voiceover stuff done, but at the same time, I have a lot of time to do other creative things. And I wouldn't be in that position if I didn't lose that gig with iHeart. And that was, that was a dramatic, traumatic fall. But, you know, you always have to find a way to get back up and find inspiration where you can, whether that's, you know, um, doing things for your, for yourself, doing things for others, paying it forward. Um, but I, I, and I think I'm just now, like when the, within the past six months, I'm just now getting out of that, that um, hole, so to speak. Wow. Well, I just want to really tell you that my heart breaks for what you went through and um, the way that you've been able to overcome that, that's a major trauma. And I know for a fact, Kelly, that you have really inspired some people that have some challenges in their lives, whether it's that they don't need to be a victim and live in that victimhood or that they should seek help. And so I really want to acknowledge you for that. Also in regards to losing your job, it is, it is so devastating. Um, you and I are, are very similar in that 
People don't realize that in radio, we put, and I don't even know if it's as much now as it was back in the day in the 90s when we were in radio, and that Mm -hmm. we put everything we had into being on the radio. So that happened to me at B100. Um, I got a call from my program director on the hotline. It was a weekend. It was a Sunday night. I'd been asking, hey, can we get together and talk about, you know, what we can do? I always like, how can we expand the show? How can we expand the show? I did the B100 Saturday night dance party. And um, I got a call on Sunday night. I was filling in for someone. And I got a call and they go, you know, you've heard this before. Hey, Rob, you're sounding great on the air. Love the show. My God, you're killing it. I know you've been wanting to meet with me about where things are going in the future. And let's get together Monday, 9 a.m. I'm like, oh, yeah. So I got up early. I went and worked out. And I'm walking through the station. And I didn't get taken to the W Hotel. I'm walking through the station. Everybody's looking at me. And I'm like, dead man walking. Everybody knew. Everybody knew. And so I walk into the office. I'm saying hi to everybody. Everybody's like, knows. And then um, there's someone sitting at the desk. I won't mention the name because they'll know who it is. But they were sitting at the desk with the program director at that time. And he goes, hey, just step outside. I'm only going to be a minute with Rob. And I'm like, okay. (gasps) And it just, no, wait. And then so he hands me a piece of paper. And I go, oh, what's this? He goes, you need to sign this. And I go, I, what? I. I, he goes, yeah, we're letting you go. And I'm like, oh my God, I didn't leave the house for two weeks. It was the most devastating thing. I know so many radio people because our whole identity is being on the radio. And, you know, yours is so magnitude. I was just doing weekends, but it was the best thing that ever happened to me. And that's the whole, you know, all the bad things that have happened to you. And I've had a lot of bad things happen to me. Um, it's amazing. It actually, and I don't wish bad things on anybody. However, you got to take those lemons and make them lemonade as harsh as they are. Like I had a very violent, very abusive, um, alcoholic stepfather, like really bad. And I am a better person because I learned how to overcome trauma. And I also learned that I am not a victim and I don't play the victim ever. And I'm not a victim of my past. The past is the past. And I live in the very present moment. You're not a victim. You're a survivor. Absolutely. Absolutely. And And you, you wear that strong and you don't even have to announce it as much as that what the way that like I know you did and the way that I did and the way that I want to inspire people and Kelly does as well is we want to let you know that you can take and grind down and bring out that inner strength and become more than you ever thought possible during the trauma that you have. And you can do it. And people do it every day. And so really get that you can when you hear Kelly's story and hear my story and other people's story and learn from that. And if you have little traumas, know that focus on the present now. Don't look at the past. Like you can address the past and you should, you know, you can get your therapy, but it's really important to not dwell on the past. Your past does not define who you are. The past has the opportunity. You can reflect on it, but you get to reinvent yourself every day. And I just really want to acknowledge you, Kelly. Thank you for that. And you too. You know what I did? Um, 
there was a, a radio conference not not long after I was let go. And I saw the guy who had let me go um, across the room. I walked over to him and I gave him a hug. And he was so taken aback. I didn't do that for him. I did that for me. And, um, and he just thought that that was so cool. And rather than sitting there and avoiding, um, avoiding eye, eye contact or avoiding someone else in the room, I'm just like, you know, what? I'm just going to do this right off the bat. And then we hung out together the rest of the conference. You know, it was probably partially his decision, but, but not really. I know it came from a lot higher up. Um, but he was the guy that had the decision to do that. And I know it was probably a little bit traumatic for him to go through because I was just, I mean, I, I thought I was going to faint, but I walked up to him and I gave him a hug and it just made me feel so much better. It was, it was closure for me. And I don't like walking around with things hanging above my nope. head. I like nope. to attack them and get them settled ASAP so that I can move on. And, you know, and then he didn't have to avoid me. So yeah, I, I walked up to him and gave him a hug and then we hung out after that. It was really cool, but you can't sit there and wallow in your sorrow and your pity. At some point it becomes your responsibility to pick yourself back up by the bootstraps and start walking. And, and even if it just takes one step a day, just one foot after the other, until you're walking, until you're running, until you're doing marathons, until you're happy again, you have to get back up and dust yourself off. Um, people have asked me in other, in radio interviews, what happened after you were let go? And I said, I, I, I got back up. What advice Absolutely. do you have for people who lose their job and um, it's devastating for them? Well, first breathe then sit back up, then start to slowly stand back up. And before you know it, you're off and running and doing something that was a, and you find out it was a blessing in disguise and you're living your life. And one day you turn around, you look at everything in your life and you're like, wow, you know what? I had that awful traumatic experience, but I'm happy right now. I'm, I'm happy because I dealt with it. So I tell Absolutely. people, you know, you just have to slowly get up and be kind to yourself. That's a, that's the biggest thing I learned is to be kind to yourself and um, allow yourself to make mistakes and um, don't be so hard on yourself, especially, you know, in radio and creative fields, any creative field, we are our own worst critic and we will come down on ourselves harder than anybody else possibly could. Like how many times I'm going to edit and make this show perfect? Like it's just what yes. we do. We want it to yeah. be, I mean, uh, the intro how many times I've adjusted or the music or stuff like that. And you know oh, yeah. what I want people to also listen to and really understand and pay attention to is right now during this pandemic, there are a lot of people that are suffering. And so I'm sure you had someone in my case, I don't know if you know him, but Mike Novak, incredible man. He is now, I think the president of, um, it's a Christian radio network. It's giant. He was a program director, um, when I was there and, he checked in on me and saw how I was doing. He was actually transfer. He was, he just wanted to see how I was doing. And he said, look, you're amazing. I'm sorry you lost your job, but send me your demo. I'm going to send it to someone. There's a new station opening up. And that's where I got a job at KBS 95 in San Diego. And oh. it turned into a full-time position. And it was, 
much more free. And I paid, got paid more, way more money. And it allowed me to create a voiceover studio. And now because of that, I still have clients all the way back 27 years that when I was doing voiceovers. And so, but pay attention to people. Like I'm sure someone reached out to you and said, Hey Kelly, they had to have done that because there's, there's always a hand, a hand to raise you up and you want to be that hand a lot of times. And sometimes you want to be the one receiving, but was there someone that reached out a hand and said, here, no, there's a life preserver. No, no. As a matter of fact, and, and I'm going to correct that in a way that needs to be corrected in a second. I had 20 year relationships with people of friendships that I had throughout radio, throughout all the different places I had worked who actually stopped speaking to me because I had lost my job. Yeah, me too. One, me too. It's it's a weird industry because, and here's the thing so you understand, the people that are listening about radio, is that every day they make it very clear that you could lose your job. Like every single day. It's like, I don't know any other job in the world that every single day they let you know, you know what? You could be fired today. Like it's, it's weird. It is. It is weird. But a lot of those people, and I'm not saying that there was absolutely zero people. The majority of the people who um, I had long friendships with just stopped talking to me. And it was out of fear because right. they also worked in radio. And, and they don't um, want to associate with someone who got fired because if there's right. anything that's negative about it, then they get dropped too. And, right. and every one, day there's that fear of being fired. And one person even said it was his get against his contract to speak to me anymore. But yeah. it was also silver lining in that is that you find out those people who do come out of the woodwork <clears throat> they weren't coming out of the woodwork to, um, you know, people I hadn't spoken to in years that, you know, those type of friends you could pick up right where yeah, you yeah. left off. Those yeah. people came out and my best friend, Brandon was there. Um, and he helped me get through it, but it really shined a light on the character of those people that stopped talking to me was that they have their own struggle going on. It wasn't anything against me. It was everything that was going on in their world. Survival. And, Survival. Yeah. Yeah. People have families. They don't want to lose their job. And if you're scared of speaking to me because I just lost my job, then, you know, there there's a lot of things that those people are going through too. So it hurt at first, but then you have to get into out of your own head and realize that you never know what's going on in someone else's life. They're going through their own struggles. And this is just one of them. It's it's fear. And some people have come back, but a lot of the people who got me out of it weren't um, coming back saying that they were going to hire me for something. They came on a deep emotional level and connected with me that way. And that's how I got back up and was like, you know, I'm not going to take this anymore. I don't want to sit here and let this consume me or define me as a person. And, um, one person asked, um, wow, you had the, um, you had the absolute highest position in radio producing in the world. And now you're not there anymore. How's that feel? 
And I'm like, okay, wait, this isn't just a one word answer. Let's go in this and explore it. It sounds devastating, which it was, but it was a huge learning experience and I wouldn't be where I am today. And I'm still voicing iHeart um, radio stations. I've been the voice of Z100 in New York for about um, what, 15, 16 years, something like that. I have long standing relationships with uh, clients at radio stations that I'm doing okay. And I'm up here in the middle of nowhere in the mountains waiting for COVID to get out of Los Angeles so I could go back to my apartment, but I wouldn't be able to sit here and, and have this life and truly say that I am happy unless I went through all that stuff. Well, being happy is so important. And I just really, I think it's amazing what you've done. You've opened the doors for so many people. You're so generous. Uh, the imaging house, I know a lot of people have taken that and ran with it and gotten a leg up. I use that. I watch the tutorial videos and I, I think it's great. It's helped me in my skill set. So before Thanks. we end things, I want to share with you about the dream. And Kelly's going to know exactly oh, what I'm guys. talking about. Every single radio person has the dream. And so without me even telling you what the dream is, hey, Kelly, what is the dream that every single radio, but, and it's the difference. It's the people that their heart and soul is in radio. What dream do we all have? Dead air. It's the missing CD dream. Is that the one you're talking about? It, well, okay. I must be a little bit older than you because it is where the song is fading and you're looking yes. and all my radio people that are listening. You're looking at the cart and there's a sign that says, do not play, do not play, do not play. Or it's behind glass and you're sitting there, the song's fading, you're running around because you don't want dead air on the radio because we just don't do that. And so you can't find anything to play. It's either yes. a broken card or, and it's everybody. So carts are like CDs. And, and now I don't know what dream they would have because now radio is all computerized. So maybe they're all corrupted files or something. But I've talked to Bobby Rich. I've talked to Mike Novak, Gary Kelly, Tony Pepper, Ellen Kay, everybody. I'm sure, I'm sure Ryan Seacrest has the same freaking dream Greg Sims, all these radio people that I know, they all have the same dream. Oh, I got to say John Fox. He'll go, why don't you mention my name? Or Kathy on all my radio people listen to this show. <laughs> so I'm like, oh my God. And if I missed you, I'm sorry, but this is a short show. Yeah. And, yeah, and it's so dream. weird. We have that all. The t it's the most traumatic dream. And it's about dead air. It's crazy. And then I don't know if you've ever had this dream, but the dream that I have also is you're going to answer the hotline. The hotline is one button on the phone that only the program director calls when he wants to get a hold of you right now. And you always answer that. It's not a request line. It's the hotline. And when it rings, if you're not talking, you better answer it. Even if you're ready to talk, because we were doing live radio, not like it is now where it's a lot of automation. And I have that dream also where the hotline's ringing and you're sitting there and you press the button and you can't get into the line. You yes, can't connect yes. with your program director. It's like, oh my God, we always have this dream. It's always about dead air. It's just different circumstances. Like mine, I've had one where there were a bunch of CDs and carts. I remember carts. Yeah. They were great when you got angry because they would explode. Um, <clears throat> but carts being on a circular rack and me reaching for one of them and then the rack falls apart and you have to find oh this God. one in the middle oh. of this pile. Or all the songs that you're not allowed to play. So back when I was in the radios in the nineties was all the songs you can't play because 
you have a, a list of songs you can play. And I don't know why they do it, but they also put songs in there that you're not supposed to play that are in the studio with you, but you're not supposed to play them. And right, so the dream right. that we all have is, nope, can't play that. Don't play that. Don't play that. Don't play that. Like I was on an oldies radio station. I don't work there anymore, but um, I want to hear Inagata Vida. And it's not something was in our wheelhouse. We played 68, it was oldies. And I'm like, you know what? It's two o'clock in the morning. I'm doing overnights for somebody. Yeah. Fill it in. And I'm like, I don't play it. And lo and behold, I don't know if you know who Mike Shepard is. Uh, Mike Shepard, you know, radio consultant, big radio consultant. And uh, he calls and, uh, uh, hello. Uh, yeah, Rob, Mike Shepard. Oh, uh, I programmed the music here and I don't think this song, I go, <laughs> I know, I know. I was, I, I know I is, uh, you know, thank God it was at two in the morning, but it's so funny. You know, radio people, we're our own breed, especially the old time radio people. It is in our heart and our soul. And absolutely, uh, it's, it's, it's funny, but I love every radio person. I'm like, do you have the dream? Yeah, we all have the dream. Okay, one Everybody. more thing. Now, you, were, you were on the air too, right? You weren't just doing imaging. You were on the oh, air yeah. as well? Yeah. Okay, good. So see if you do this. And it, people lose it when they see me do this. Um, I haven't been on the radio since uh, the 90s. And I still, if there's an amazing song on the radio, uh, I talk up the song and I always oh, hit the vocal. Yes. Like, uh, do you do that? Like, oh, it's just God, still yes. all the time. Yes. And if you're in a conversation with someone, I do it all the time. When you're in a conversation with someone and the music's on and you have, it's in the background, it's in the back of your mind, but you're still talking, talking, talking. And then you stop and you like, you post the song so perfectly. And in your head, you're proud. And I even pause the conversation and say like, I hope you know that I just posted that song, which means walking up the radio, the, 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 the ramp of a song and not kicking the yeah, artist. Talking, so it's the instrument at the beginning where you hit it. Now it's all recorded. So they always hit the, they always hit the post all the time. And yeah. it's one of the things that is just a skill set that you either got it or you don't, it'll say it's 10 seconds and you just, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that's a little bit of going down radio memory lane. And we've we've covered the gamut. Your career, breaking ceilings. We had a little bit of trauma add in there, little cocaine. Um, this is a full we 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 have covered the spectrum yes, of living have. a life of inspired action. So Kelly, well, I really want to thank you for joining me today. Uh, oh, thank you. What a thrill. What thank a thrill. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that you have fought your demons and have kicked their freaking asses. Like, hey, it just gets better from here. It, if, if you allow it and if you allow those good things to come into your life, it just gets better from here. Absolutely. Well, that is a wrap. I want to thank you for joining me today. It's always an opportunity for you to live every day like you want to be alive. Stay in the present moment. Keep breathing, don't let fear stop you, and live a life of inspired action. You got this. Thank you for listening to the Living the Law of Action show with Mr. Action, Rob Actis. Please rate, review, and subscribe.